0: Hello, and welcome to Rytopia Lab's Worldwide Radio Plays Festival, a podcast of 40 plays written by young playwrights ages 8 to 18 from all across the country, directed, performed, and designed by professional artists, brought to you by the Mellon Foundation and the Rosenthal Family Foundation. This year's theme is Heroes and Monsters, Plays Against Fear. Now in our 11th season of the Worldwide Plays Festival, we challenged our playwrights to write toward the monsters, be they internal, external, systemic, real, or imaginary, and vanquish them. What you're about to hear are four hilarious, brilliant, provocative, evocative, and thoroughly theatrical plays written by young playwrights. If you like what you listen to, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and iTunes, because we will be podcasting four plays each week for 10 weeks. And if you're a young person who wants to write a play, a story, a poem, a song, or anything at all, please check out lab.org. And if you're an older person who wants to help out our nonprofit, please go to writetopialab.org slash donate. Alright, time for the show. Expo by Jaden Jacoby Cooper.
1: Oh, my God. I am so sorry. This place is like a maze, I swear. First, I make a right, then there's another hallway, then I have to go left, then straight, and then I have to make a...
2: No worries. I get it. I'm assuming you're a new kid.
1: How did you know?
2: Well, because I've been here for so long. I noticed that new kids tend to look down while they walk, stutter with their words because they're nervous, bump into a lot of people, and have a name tag that is slowly falling off their shirts because they're new. You, my friend or soon-to-be friend have all those aspects.
1: Wow, you must have really good vision to notice all of those things. This place is Balagon.
2: I'm sorry, am I supposed to know what that means?
1: Are you bilingual? I moved here because my mom found a job near here. I'm moving back in just a couple of weeks anyways because I have to serve in the military. But anyways, Balagon means chaotic. Oh, and before you say anything... No, I do not speak Jewish. I speak Hebrew. (laughs) Jewish isn't a language.
2: (laughs) I get that all the time. Some kids at school ask me if I speak Jewish also. I tell them that I speak Hebrew, but they don't seem to care. Anyways, I'm Jewish too, not Israeli. And I don't know much Hebrew other than Shalom. I'm just your average Jewish girl living in the
1: 21st century. (gasps) What's going on? Is there a fire? Where is the extinguisher? Why is everyone so freaking calm? Relax!
2: The bell signals that it's time for the next class. That's how we know that it's the start and end of a period. Speaking of class, I gotta go to my English class with Miss Anders. Anyway, I'll
1: catch you later. Catch me? Why would you catch me? I'm not a fish. No, silly,
2: it's just an American saying, which means I'll see you later. Speaking of which, I didn't catch your name because you took off your name tag before I could read what's on it. (laughs) I amuse myself.
1: It's Samara.
2: Okay, Samara. Well, I'll see you later. I'm Janice. Also, if you need me to show you around town, I'd be happy to. Chicago has some of the best pizzas known to man. I know the best places around here.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'll catch you later, Janice. Hey, you're already
2: catching on. By the way, welcome to Exponentia High. We call it Expo for short.
1: Oh, it turns out I have Miss Anders for English also.
2: That caught me by surprise.
3: My, oh my, these rappers and tappers like ZJ or something like that have turned these kids into mindless animals. Permanent damage has been done to these poor souls. I mean, they are so mindless they can't even hear me when I ask for their attention. Class, that's the trick. I'm sure you all have heard the buzz about this event around the hallways, but just in case, it's that time of year. Next week, we are holding the 10th Annual 12th Grade Expo Spelling Bee. An email has been sent to all of your inboxes. All you have to do is fill out the form online. The winner of this bee gets a scholarship to the most prestigious college in America. That's right. We are giving out one scholarship to Leonardo University. You know it's going to be a good school when the name of the school is the name of someone as amazing as Leonardo da Vinci and Leonardo DiCaprio. Hmm. Now, raise your hand if you're thinking of signing up. Hmm. I'm glad to see that, uh, Samara? Ah, I'm glad to see that you are challenging yourself this year especially because it is your first and last year here. It will be a great experience, I assure you. Random question, does anyone else here crave some...
1: Oh, I don't think it'll be a challenge, Miss Anders. When I was a little girl, every weekend, my mom would take me to see the weekly spelling bees because she wanted me to be one of those spellers when I grow up. I need to win that scholarship so that I can prove that I'm the best speller around. Winning this spelling bee will be as easy as... Pie? Hmm...
3: Never mind then. I seem to have been bitten by the hunger bug, I guess. Samara, I'm glad to see that you are very confident about this bee. I wish you good luck. Enough has been said. Class, today's lesson is going to be about a playwright you kids have probably never even heard of based on this day and age. William Shakespeare. (sighs) You may be wondering why only you two are here.
1: Janice, you didn't tell me you signed up for the B. I didn't. Then why are you... And why is it just... Hush, hush. I will
3: answer all of your questions. First of all, the reason why only you two are here is that you two are the only people who signed up that can actually win this bee. Most of them would have been disqualified right after the first round. Maybe they did it as a joke. It is a little unfair, and I probably should have given them a chance, but when I looked at both of your records, I couldn't help myself. Samara and Janice, you both have a gift for spelling... But why am I... I signed you up, dear. I wish you would have signed up yourself, because you have the gift. The gift of spelling. I decided to bring that gift out of you. Today, you two are going to compete in today's spelling bee. Spelling some of the most difficult words. Shall we begin? I I guess. All righty. Janice, you are up first. Remember, before you spell the word, you can ask for the definition of the word. However, in twelfth grade, you can't ask for the word to be used in a sentence. Janice, the word is chiaroscurist. Definition, please. A painter who uses light and shade rather than color to create the illusion of volume. Chiaroscurist. C to the H to the I, A, R to the O, to the S, to the C, U, R, I, S, T. That is correct. Please have a seat, Janice. Samara, you are up. Samara, your word is handkerchief. That's completely unfair. That word is so easy to spell. This spelling bee is an unfair piece of crap. Now, now, Janice. We are still in school, dear. You were able to spell your word correct. You should feel accomplished, not jealous. Now sit down and let Samara have her turn.
1: Sorry about that, Janice.
3: Shut it, Samara. (laughs) Enough, you two. Samara,
2: would you like the definition? No, thanks. Good. Speller that amazing wouldn't need the definition of handkerchief to be able to spell it. Man, I can spell handkerchief easily. Mm,
3: Do it. Wait, what? Spell handkerchief. Fine. H-A-N-K-E-R-C-H-I-E-F. That is incorrect. Now let Samara go.
1: I don't know. I should just let Janice win. She deserves the prize.
3: That is not the correct attitude. There is no stepping back. Fix it and spell it.
1: Now. Fine. Handkerchief. Handkerchief. H-A-N-D-K-E-R-C-H-I-E-F. That is correct. On to the
3: next round. Janice is currently in the lead by one point. I ain't even signed up for this B. nor did I try. Would you look at that. You're doing very well, Janice, but anything can change. We are in the final round. This is a speed round. I will be calling out word after word, and whoever spells it first and correctly gets a point. The first person that spells the word wrong automatically loses and the other person wins.
1: I don't know. If I win, I don't think I'll be ready for university. It's a big prize. Janice deserves this amazing opportunity. I just moved to America, and I can barely navigate through high school. Am I ready to just then move on if I win? To leave a school I've been at for a couple of weeks to then move on to a brand new school when I barely know how things work here? Miss Anders, I don't think that I...
3: Trust the process. Attitude check, Samara. Fix it and spell it. The first word is inchoate. What are we in first grade?
2: Let me remind you that you said I had the gift of...
1: I-N...
3: I-N-C-H-O-A-T-E. One point for Janice. Indefatigable.
1: I-N-D-E-F-A-T-I-G-A-B-L-E.
3: One point for Samara. Glockenspiel.
1: G-L-O-C-K-E-N-S-P-I-E-L.
3: One point for Samara. Last word. Word. Uh, Girls, the word... Is Word. Oh, I thought you meant
2: Word as in you said it.
3: W O R D! Congratulations, Samara! You won the 10th annual 12th grade Expo Spelling Bee! I'm sure you already know what the prize is. And what the hell? You were the one who signed me up for this. How did I not win? Language, young lady. You are still a spectacular speller, Janice, one of the best in the school. But Samara did win fair and square. I know I didn't sign up, but you just showed up
1: out of nowhere and stole my prize. I mean, you didn't sign up yourself. I did. In the beginning, I was actually terrified of the prize because if I won, that would have meant I would have had to start all over again at yet another school. But now, I think it'll be good for me if I go, because you know what? I can take on the challenge.
2: I should have been the one to bump into you. Or better yet? I should have stepped to the side
3: while you were walking, so we never would have even met. Oh, that crosses the line. Now, Samara, about your scholarship. What about it? You will start attending the university on December 9th. This December 9th? Why, of course. I mentioned everything you needed to know on that form that you filled out. Is there a problem?
2: Isn't that the day you start serving in the military?
1: No, it's my fish's birthday. Of course that's the day I start serving. I must have not thoroughly read through the form.
3: Oh my, I'll give you girls some time to talk. What am I gonna do? You know what, Sam?
2: You really wanted this and you tried your best. I'm really sorry. I guess I just hate losing. I don't care as much about the prize as you do anyways.
1: You're an amazing person, Janice. I don't know how I would have navigated this school without you.
2: You wouldn't have been able to. You have no sense of direction.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I can't argue with that.
2: You know what I think you should do? I think you should just follow your legs. Just start walking and see where they take you.
1: Very funny. If you were me and I were you and I said that to you, what do you think you would say to me?
2: That doesn't make any sense. It's
1: easier said than done. I can't just not show up. I should have never gone to this beat in the first place. First, I was terrified of winning. Now, I'm terrified about a really hard decision I didn't know I'd have to make, when I actually thought that things might work out.
2: Why don't you call your dad? He left when I was born. Oh, I'm really sorry. You know, I bet he would have said what I said. Follow your legs. But if you don't want to listen to me, why don't you call your
1: mom? She's probably busy, but I guess I could try. Voicemail. Leave her a message. Okay. Okay. Hey, Mom. I have some good and bad news. The good news is that I won the spelling bee. The bad news is that the scholarship starts the exact day I start serving in the military. Please call me back as soon as you can. I love you. Uh, I got a text from Mom. It says... Sorry, I don't have any cell reception. I know you want to use your prize. So if needed, I'll go back to Israel and serve in the military for you. No, I'm just kidding. Yo mama is too old for that and you know it. Maybe we can try and find a way to postpone your time in the military. We can talk about it more tonight. I love you too. Do you really think that I'll be able to postpone my time in the Israeli military to go to college?
2: From what you told me, your mother's a badass. She can help you figure it out. Do you really want to give up the opportunity to go to a college that accepts less than one percent of their
1: applicants? Of course not. I just feel guilty. And terrified, excited, scared, nervous, and antsy.
2: Guilty? You worked for this, Sam? You beat me. That's an accomplishment in of itself. You want fair and square. I'm sure the Israeli army will survive. I'm positive it'll all work out. You deserve to live your spelling-obsessed, geeky life the way you want to live it. At least it's not the end of the world, I think. Jinx. Knock on wood.
1: You still do that?
2: Stupid and useless things and ideas bring me joy in life. Plus, the military can't do anything about it right now because you're in America. You're with me.
1: I guess you're right. What would I do without you? Honestly, what did I do before I met you?
2: You wouldn't be able to do anything, because for one thing, you have no sense of direction. So I have to give you some sense and some directions. Didn't we already establish this?
1: (laughs) We did. (laughs) Thanks for reminding me about my major flaw. I just texted my mom my decision.
2: Okay, just get to the point. I hate suspense.
1: I guess I have to get packing. Wait, what? What about my awesome speech? And what about... Because on December 9th, I'm going to start attending Leonardo University! (laughs) Woo! You almost fooled me. I totally fooled you.
2: Okay, fine. You fooled me. (sighs) If you need any support, call me. I don't have much of a life anyways.
1: Thanks for sticking by my side. Although, I do have to say, you are pretty good at being mean.
2: I use it when I need to, so don't push it. I won't. It's time to get you ready. Watch out, Leonardo, because a storm of awesomeness is coming your way very,
1: very soon. Let's get packing. Actually, I'm going to tell Miss Sanders first. I'm sure she's antsy to hear the news.
2: Good idea. But can I say my awesome line again for emphasis? Why
1: the heck not?
2: Watch out, Leonardo, because a storm of awesomeness is coming your way very, very soon! <laughs> You're gonna be awesome! Yay! Way to go, way to go! Yeah, you got it!
4: Expo was written by Jaden Jacoby-Cooper. It was directed by Isaac Byrne and sound produced by Sarah Pencheff. It featured the voices of Kelsey Duffy, Steph Miller, and Sherry Eden-Barber. Jaden's Rytopia Lab instructor was Danielle Sheeler. The
5: Heroes in My Life by me, Maya Glick. Rose? 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 I'm up. I'm up. Come downstairs for breakfast. I'm coming. I'm coming. Just let me get my clothes on, Mom. Okay. Okay. No need to give me attitude. What's all the racket? I just came down for breakfast and I'm already wide awake at 8 o'clock. Rose, don't give me attitude. It's fine. <sighs> what do you want for breakfast? Whatever is here.
6: How is it up there in space? Uh huh.
5: Oh, I'm in labor! Uh huh. Sick of cereal. Uh Uh-huh. Mom! (sighs) Can we please have something other than something named cereal or toast? You already know the answer to that.
6: You know, telling me every time won't make a difference. I'm going upstairs to my room. I hate cereal. I love Rose. But she's, well rose kind compassionate stubborn and well just so well rose she is just so aware and sometimes I feel like rose might be worrying more than she needs to Um,
7: rose Rose! it has been too We haven't seen each other since the last day of school. I I know, Clara. It's been so
5: boring without you. What have you been doing all summer? Oh, the usual. The classic frozen pizza and some nice rental movies. I wish
7: I could have been there. Then we could have pranked your mom, gave each other makeovers. You get where I'm going with this?
5: I'm going to go to my locker, but I'll be right back in a minute.
7: I love Rose. Rose. She's my best friend. We're practically twins. But at the end of last year, she hasn't really trusted me with practically anything. I don't know why, but she has lately just kept to herself rather than being the extrovert I know.
5: Okay, I'm back. So now, how was your summer vacation? Pretty good. Nothing compared to yours though. I find that a little hard to believe, since you went on a cruise for a good two weeks with water slides and the ocean and- I get
7: it, I get it. But it would have been more fun if you were there instead of my annoying little brother, Ethan. <sighs> since we haven't seen each other since last year, let's talk business. Candy store. When does it start? What are we selling? Who are we selling it to? And most of all, how much are we asking them to pay?
5: To answer your question, the second week of school, Twix, Skittles, M&Ms—you get the point. Kids in elementary school, and 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 three dollars per candy bar.
8: Genius!
7: Three dollars? I would have never thought of it myself. At this rate, we will be making twelve dollars per day. We're rich. <laughs> Okay, so how's
5: life? Fine.
7: I mean, how's your home life?
5: Fine. See what I mean?
7: I was just bringing up something that could possibly make her confide in me just a little, but I practically brought it up without bringing it up. No pun intended. And she got super
5: defensive. I'm sorry, by the way. For what? For being so harsh. It is a sudden question and I... I just said it before it came out.
7: It's fine. But hey, we have class together with Mrs. Turner. I heard about her from Elijah. He said she was super nice. Elijah who? Elijah, he's in eighth grade. He had Mrs. Turner last year from the homeroom. We have to go to class. Really? Because the bell gave me the wrong impression. <laughs> Come on, we
5: gotta go. Hey, Nikki. I'm some attitude, sure. oh, you. Mom, I'm home. Mom, are you there? Hi, honey. Hey, you know, can I invite Clara over tonight? We need to discuss our candy business. Literally. Um, sure. Just make sure not to make a mess of candy.
6: No pun intended. I'm going to my room. Rose, we need to talk about your first day of school.
5: Fine, but I'm only doing this because I get to skip doing the homework for the time being.
6: Let's sit down. These old
5: legs can't stand all day. Okay. So, how
6: was it? It was fine. Rose, come on, I want all the gossip. Who did what to who?
5: Mom, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I have to do homework. Okay,
6: fine. But give me all the gossip at dinner. Okay, Mom, but heads
5: up, there isn't a lot to
6: share. See what I mean? She can't tell me anything, not even gossip. What type of mother am I if my own daughter doesn't trust me enough to tell me what's going on with her life? Hmm. Maybe if I make her favorite dinner, then she will open up to me a little more.
5: Is coming over now. Okay. It's time for gossip. Coming. Thank God.
6: So, Clara, what is all the gossip? Because someone over here won't tell me the gossip. Mom. Fine. So, Clara.
7: Mom.
6: Fine. Fine.
7: Well, this is awkward. So to start some conversation, me and Rose are starting our candy company back up again.
5: Wait, you guys have a candy business? Moving on. Me and Clara have to do some homework in my bedroom. Alone. But you haven't even eaten your dinner. Now. (sighs)
6: She isn't sharing anything with me. Anything. What was that about? Nothing
7: sure nothing okay okay but lately you haven't really told me anything what are you even talking about i don't know maybe that you didn't tell me the reason why you just pulled me over here for absolutely no reason oh and maybe the fact that you haven't told me what the heck is up with you and your bad attitude and you don't trust me enough to tell me how you feel you can't tell me any of that even though i'm your best friend
5: i can have my own personal business thank you very much But I know
7: your personal business, but you just won't tell me how you feel. And don't say you talk about it with your mom, because judging by the relationship you guys just had at dinner, she's trying to just find anything, anything to do with your life, because it seems that she and I don't have any role in your
5: life. (laughs) Clara, I am so sorry. I just, (sighs) it's really hard. Like, really hard. I just don't really know how he's doing. I don't want to bring it up with mom because it's partly my fault that they didn't stay together.
7: Rose, I had no idea. What can I do to help?
5: And I mean, if I did bring it up with my mom, I feel like she will not like talking about my dad. I feel like she will just move on to another topic. I want to have you and mom in my life, but I feel like I'm the only one that will understand how I'm feeling. And no offense to you, you're not much of a feely, kissy person. Rose, you'll always
7: be able to tell me anything. I may have a sense of humor, but I still am considerate of you and any other person. I want to be part of your life in any way, and sometimes that does mean crying on your bed with you. (laughs) (laughs)
5: Yeah, to be part of my life, sometimes we do have to end up crying on my bed.
7: (laughs) I think you and your mom have to talk.
5: Yeah, I think that would make her happy.
6: (sighs) Hey, you okay? Clara just left and told me to come over here to you.
5: Yeah, I'm okay. Sort
6: of. Not really. Can I sit down and talk about it with you?
5: Yeah, that would be nice. Well, I realize I haven't really told you... well, what you would like to call... gossip. Honey, you don't have to tell me anything if
6: you're not comfortable. Please talk about gossip. Please talk about gossip.
5: No, Mom, it's okay. I think we need to talk. If you're okay with that. Well, we haven't really talked about Dad... and the divorce. Go on. Well, I haven't really talked about it with you because I feel like it will just be weird and that you won't like talking about Dad. I feel like it was just all my fault and that if I hadn't done something or another, you would still be together.
6: Ruth, none of this is your fault. Me and your dad just aren't meant for each other. Us divorcing has nothing to do with you. Absolutely nothing. And you can always talk to me. I'm your mom, and therefore I will always be there for you to talk to, whether that's the divorce, gossip, boys. (laughs) Mom. (laughs) Just remember, you can talk about anything with me. I love you. I love you too.
4: The Heroes in My Life was written by Maya Glick. It was directed by Isaac Byrne, and sound produced by Sarah Pencheff. It featured the voices of Hui Shan Ong, Hannah Matuso, and Vanessa Malanga. Maya's Rytopia Lab instructor was Yael Shik. Room
9: 118 by me, Suryan Shumanjir Amani.
8: Thank you, God! Thank you, God! Thank you so much!
9: What are you doing here, punk? Adrian,
8: is that you?
9: Aren't you supposed to be scrubbing those dirty floors of Motel 6 with your torn up mother? Isn't
8: this place a little too clean for you? Sorry, I didn't mean any trouble. If you don't mind me asking, why are you here? No
9: reason, idiot. I'm guessing your mother never taught you this phrase called minding your own business? No wonder no one is your friend. Why the heck are you here?
8: Oh, um, my mother's pregnant. Me and my dad were just visiting. The da- doctor said that we were having a brother. But- Can't you just learn to shut up?
9: What the heck is that supposed to be?
8: Where did you get that from? The dollar store? Yeah. My mom's so great. She got them from me. How did you know? Cool. Wait. I meant
9: it's actually ugly. Ugh. Even I could make something better than that. Want it? Ha! Me? Do you think I would want to take that disgusting
8: balloon? I saw a young girl go into room 118. Was that your sister? Yeah. Why do you care? She was bald, too. What happened to her hair? She's sick. Is that enough for you, wimp? I was sick once, too. I don't remember losing all my hair, though. That's weird. She has cancer, okay? She...
9: Lizzie has cancer. My little, sweet sister
8: has cancer. Oh, I'm so sorry. Ew! Get away from me! How about a balloon? Would your sister like a balloon?
9: Here, it's a dog. Fine. But if she cries, you're dead. Remember that.
8: Wait, why can't I give it to her? Look, I I even have googly eye glasses. Look, this for sure can make her laugh.
9: Why can't I? Because I told her bad things about you, like how dumb you
8: are. She doesn't like you, she likes me. I never did anything bad. I haven't even seen her face. Why, Adrian? What have I ever done to you? You... You... You have nothing to lose.
9: I had... uh, I had... Everything. My reputation, my friends, they were all I had. No one ever liked you, and no one ever will. Yet you had the urge to ask about my
8: father? Why? Why, you little pesky... It was just a question. How exactly does someone get OD'd? Can't you see?
9: Oh, even a blind man could understand much more than you ever could. First, Lizzie, I was only eight when I found
8: out. And now dad, he was never with me. I wish I could relate, but I still have my dad and- I don't
10: care! (laughs)
8: I love you, Mother. (laughs) Hey, those are my jokes. Hey, do you have some more jokes in balloons? Sir, here, let me think of a joke. Oh, here's mine. What did the traffic light say to the car? What? Don't look. I'm about to change.
9: (laughs) (laughs) I can't... (laughs)
8: You know, your sister would love it if you would tie a balloon right in front of her. Do you want to see how? Sure. Come here. First, you take this end and you put it around the other and then pull in just like a the shoelace. And you quickly get the left knot and pull it right through the center. And there you have it. <laughs> it's a dog. Whoa! Can I have one of the untied balloons so I can show, Lizzie? Sure. Here you go. This one's yellow. I remember you saying that that was your favorite color at school. Yes, I'm done. I can't wait to give this joke book to Adrian. He's gonna love it.
9: (laughs) She laughed so hard. Her smile was the most beautiful thing I ever seen in
8: my life. I'm sure it was. I'm guessing you would need some more jokes and balloons.
9: Really? Are you serious? All of this? It's mine? But... But...
8: Why? Well... Everyone has bad days. The only difference between you and I is that you seem to have worse ones. I can't imagine losing any of my parents, and... Definitely not my sibling, who's still in the womb. If all it takes is a small book of a few jokes to turn a frown upside down, well... Why not? How about the cool glasses? Keep it.
9: I think I have another one at home. Oh my, I don't know how to thank you. No need. <laughs> now go make Lizzie laugh. See you later at school, buddy. You
8: too, buddy. Room 118
4: was written by Sir Mancha Mancharamani. It was directed by Michael Dufek and sound produced by Dan Catroser. It featured the voices of Oliver Heo and Jack Wickham. Suryanch was the winner of our middle school external competition, and the production of this episode was made in partnership with the CTP program at the New School for Performing Arts.
9: Core, you peel the love tonight by me, Stella Cross. Swish, swish, the wind blows through the trees. It blows a leaf off the fragile branch it used to call home. It sways through the beautiful weather, the kind of weather where you only see sky for forever. The leaf blows on a kitchen window right in front of a newly full fruit bowl. It is the second level of a brownstone right above a dentist's office inside this fruit bowl there is a banana. This banana is longing for one thing only. That thing isn't to be eaten or not even to be peeled. Just to fulfill the void in his soul, or whatever is there, with love. All he ever wanted was that apple that he had been squished next to, to be in love with him. They had only known each other existed for the past 20 minutes, but the banana just knew somehow that the apple was the one.
11: I'm an apple and there's nothing more to say about it slightly squished but not completely deformed just mostly oh i'm also dating miss orange uh, but pronounced orangé she's so stupid the only reason i'm dating her is because mr and mrs apple mom and dad are making me be with her i mean she's too orange and she's the most basic shape on the planet at least the pumpkin is bumpy And this orange isn't appetizing one bit. At least the banana next to me has some shape to it. Oh, no. Here comes Mrs. O'Rongie. Hooray.
7: Oh, sweetie pie. How's the apple of my eye doing? I've been looking all over for you.
11: We're literally a foot away from each other all the time. And that's not far enough.
7: The kids just
0: turn on the radio So let's dance Well Raoul
8: Hi
10: Um Hi So uh, I saw you and Mrs. Ooranger Dancing It it looks like you weren't really enjoying it
11: Yeah I don't want to talk about it
10: Um Okay
11: mother, father
10: my dearest little apple
11: son Uh, I have something to tell you um well you know how I'm dating Miss O'Ronger? Yes sonny dearest well (sighs) I don't think we're a good match anymore
10: what do you mean?
11: orange and red go so well together no I mean we need to break up what? What?
0: But, darling dearest, you two are so good together. I thought you were going to say you wanted to put a ring on it, not to snap the ring in half. You're a disgrace
10: to this family. I will no longer call you son. I will call you
11: Geoffrey. But, mother, father, let me explain. I don't want to hear it. Oh, come on, darling. Let's hear him out.
10: Fine. You've got two minutes and 37 seconds.
11: Okay. So, I I don't have feelings for her. I, I only like... Who? Who do you like? Strawberry?
10: Kiwi? Pineapple? Mango? Grape? No. Well, you better tell us now. It's Mr. Banana. Mr. Banana. He's not even... Yeah, and he's yellow. Red and yellow look like ketchup and mustard, none of which you have anything to do with. And they disgust me. The only things that go with apples are peanut butter and caramel. And a whole bunch of other things I don't feel like listing.
11: Really? I like honey with my apples. Not the point! Well, you can't force me to be with anyone that I don't want to. Actually... We own you until you reach full-juice
10: capacity, and you're only three-fourths of the way there. So, you do what we say, or I'll make sure you're sliced open first. Oh, honey. I mean, oh, Caramel. Don't go that far. He doesn't deserve murder. But you do have to listen to us. We'll go that far. I'm right, and you're wrong. I'm shiny, you're dull. I'm freshly picked and full of juice, and you're not even ripe yet. No son of mine will disrespect me. Don't disgrace this family,
11: Jeffrey. Well, I'd rather get out of this wicked family and love who I love than to be forced to marry a dumb ball. Oh,
10: Crispy. No, don't even bother. When he comes crying back to us, we'll just tell him to go to the banana family. Fine! I don't want
11: to see your ugly stem again anyway.
10: But, but but Daddy, I love Pear. Why can't I marry her? This is not up for discussion. You are marrying Miss Apple, and that's a final. But Daddy, I I want to marry- Eh? Eh,
0: eh, eh, eh. I told you You will marry who I choose And that is that If you want
10: inheritance
9: You'll listen to me
10: I don't care for the money Then you won't survive in this cruel world Now go to the opposite side of the bowl Hey Hey uh,
11: So, uh, so I, I have something to tell you I I have something to say to you too. Well, y- you go first. Well, I, uh, I, uh, well, I I like you. Really? I, well, well, I like you too. Really? Oh, great! I I I mean I mean uh, yeah yeah, that's cool. No, wait. I, I, I do mean great. Oh, thank God. So, what do we do now?
10: Maybe we
11: should tell our parents? Oh, oh let's not jump right in. We'll, we'll tell them later. Oh, okay. Anyway, what did you want to tell me? Dearest darlingest father, dearest poofiest mumsy, as you have probably heard from the gossip among the other fruit in this bowl, I have disobeyed your wishes and am engaged to Sir Banana. Soon we will both be Sir Banapple. As disappointed as you may be in me, I have no plans to change anything. In fact, we might even adopt our own little Banapple ourselves. We'll call her Frutocious. Anyway, I just wanted to let you know that I would have not done anything differently, and I did not need your opinion on my life. I made my living without you. Anyway, bye. Your son, Aplocious. Oh, sorry. Your Jeffrey Aplochus. Well,
10: son, I'm glad you got to do the thing that I was never brave enough to do.
4: Core You Peel The Love Tonight was written by Stella Cross. It was directed by Emily Hartford and sound produced by Sarah Pencheff. It featured the voices of Mackenzie Knapp, Jordana Spiro, and Dave Chura. Stella's Ritopia Lab instructor was Yael Schick. The opening and interstitial music for this podcast was composed and performed by Malcolm Knowles. The music you are hearing right now was composed and performed by Ilan Izakoff. The head of our external competition is Madeline Taylor. The co-curator of our festival is Matthew Jellison. Our casting director is Oria Temeski. Our sound designer is Robert A.K. Gagneau. Our line producer is Dara Swisher. And our Artistic Director is me, Dan Katroser. Thank you to Rebecca wallace Segal, Executive Director, and Jeremy wallace Segal, Chief Operations Officer of Rytopia Lab, as the work of Rytopia Lab is more vital than ever. And special thanks to Barry Waldorf, Tracy Rogers, and the Mellon Foundation, and Jamie Wolf and the Rosenthal Family Foundation. And Ritopia Lab's board members, Kim Hartman and David Sherman, for their ongoing generosity to the Rytopia Lab Worldwide Plays Festival. Please check out our website at www.ritopialab.org and rytopialab.orgslash donate to donate now. All right, everybody, as I say, the great work begins.